grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends, faith, faith, religious people talk about it, Christians talk about it, Lutherans talk about it. Faith. What exactly is it? I'm going to give you the Lutheran answer first. Faith is trust. One of the New Testament writers says that even demons believe in God. God, though, has declared his love for you, his forgiveness of your sins, and his everlasting protection of you and all that is good. Do you believe this? In our Lutheran churches, and only in our churches, we give communion with the words, for you, given for you, shed for you, just in Lutheran churches. Do you believe this? The proper response in our communion is amen, which means so be it. In our communion, we are told Christ for you, and we respond so be it. That's trust, at least a ritual enactment, a ritual practice of trust. Lots of people believe in God. Lots of people believe in God, but they think God is uncaring or far away or God is against them, they feel. Faith is different. Faith is when we trust his statements and declarations that he is for us. It was just two weeks ago that we heard Paul's words, if God is for us, who can be against us? The Lutheran take on Christianity is that, this is the Lutheran thing, we are justified by grace through faith. I'm going to repeat that. Justified by grace through faith. This sweet doctrine has been corrupted by Protestantism in general and has been crunched down to being saved by faith. Saved by faith. And that's what I want you to avoid. Grace, amazing grace, is what justifies us and is what ultimately saves us. Grace means that God has freely chosen, freely chosen to reconcile himself to us even though we did nothing to deserve it. If we deserved it, it wouldn't be grace. It would be a contract. It would be an exchange. But since we don't deserve it, it's grace. God's amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. The grace, though, is real. 
It's real whether you believe it or not. But it only becomes powerful in our life if we trust it. If we put our faith, our trust in that grace which does exist already. Justified, therefore, we say, Lutherans say, justified by grace through faith. Jesus brought reconciliation. He brought wholeness. He brought the love of God. That's a fact, whether you believe it or not. But it only becomes salvation for you if you believe it, if you bank on it, if you trust in it. My pastoral concern is that you will get snagged, snagged, thinking that in order to be saved, you have to believe in some laundry list of statements like those in the creeds, or that you have to believe every verse in the Bible, or that you have to believe everything that I say. We're not in much danger of that, are we? Or that you have to believe everything that a pope says, or that Martin Luther says, that's not the requirement. For 2,000 years, theologians have tried to stress this, and therefore we have all kinds of Latin words to make these distinctions. <coughs> fides qua creditor is different from fides qua a creditor. There's an e in there. It makes all the difference in the world if you're a theologian. We have a census, notitia, and fiducia. All those words to try to help us understand faith as it's been passed, as it's been explained and interpreted for the millennia. At Dove of Peace, you see, we begin the creeds with the suggested introduction. It goes, it says, with the whole church, let us confess our faith. That's what I say, and then we say the Apostles' Creed. That's a different use of the word faith. I don't really like it. That's kind of what the book says I'm supposed to say. With the whole church, let us confess our faith. But that's a confusing use of the word faith. The faith which is most important is your trust in God's assertion that he loves you no matter what. If you trust that, you will live differently than if you don't trust that. And whether or not you understand the doctrine of the Trinity or the 95 Theses, or the Second Vatican Council, or the difference between Methodists and Presbyterians, that's all beside the point. That may be useful information, but it will not transform your life the way that trusting God will transform your life. And that's what this is all about. Real life. Our gospel today is this wonderful story uh, only in, it's only in the gospel of Matthew in all the gospels Jesus walks on water Jesus walks on water but in this gospel Peter tries to walk on water Peter becomes frightened by the waves and the storm with the wind it says and begins to sink and Jesus when he grabs Peter says you of little faith little faith. Why did you not believe? The faith that Jesus is talking about does not mean agreeing with the book of Revelation 
or making sense of the Trinity or accepting the Lutheran doctrines spelled out in the Book of Concord. It's a highly personal faith, trust, and for Peter, a highly personal doubt. Personal between Peter and Jesus. And ultimately, the story hopes between you and Jesus. Trust, in other words, faith, does make the world go round. Sorry, Bee Gees, love doesn't make the world go round. Sorry, what's that musical? Uh, the cat, cabaret. It says money makes the world go round. It's not money, it's not love, it's trust, it's faith that makes the world go around. The national politics for the last three months have been focused on the question of whether the United States can be trusted to pay its debts. But there is everyday trust as well. Whenever you write down your social security number and hand it to someone, some, I can't remember, it was a week or so ago, somebody asked me my social security number on the phone. It was legitimate. And I thought, ooh, that's, you know, I, I think twice. Who am I talking to? Trust. Whenever you eat food, where did it come from? Who inspected it? Who put it in the package? How did they handle it? Whenever you were in the doctor's office, you're talking, I'm a guy, you know, I was on vacation. You thought I was on vacation. I was on vacation. But half of my vacation was spent in the dentist chair, 14 hours over four days in the dentist chair. This won't hurt. <laughs> trust. Trust. My whole job depends on trust. People trust me with their secrets and their problems, their dreams, their money, their worst fears. Last December, you gave me this stole in honor of my first five years as your pastor. We know, statistically, in the churches, we know that after five years, a pastor is much more effective because after five years, people understand how much or how little they can trust that pastor and what they can and can't trust that pastor with. So I depend on trust. Humor depends on trust, right? Good humor is always about three paces from being insulting and hurtful. If you don't trust the person who is being funny, it often doesn't come out funny, but offensive. Of course, marriage is trust. Your secrets, your fears, your body, your money, what you look like when you wake up in the morning, <laughs> things that only my dog knows about me. <laughs> These are the things that spouses must trust each other for. And this is the kind of relationship we are supposed to have with Jesus. Or, if you prefer, with God because of Jesus. Trust. Mature trust. Not a naive, simplistic relationship. The greatness of today's gospel reading is that it shows Peter... Peter, often considered to be the first and greatest of the disciples, especially in this gospel, 
the Gospel according to Matthew, Peter, it shows how hard this relationship is for Peter. And the story addresses us living in the distant future because the disciples are not sure who that person is. Is it a ghost? That's their first question. It is I, Jesus says. If it is you, Peter says, you and I have a relationship with someone who is dead 2,000 years ago and yet alive, who was Jewish and yet we're not Jewish, whom we know through texts and traditions that we cannot fully trust on an intellectual level. It's tricky, and the storms rage around us. And as our prayer of the day says this morning, they rage within us, making us susceptible to fear, and not just fear, the prayer said, despair. Jesus says to Peter that he has little faith. How little we have, how little I have. It is very difficult for me to trust God and Jesus as easily as I trust my dentist or my banker. But Jesus has said that it only takes a little faith, faith the size of a mustard seed is really all it takes. This week, think of the person you trust most in the world. It's probably a spouse could be a parent, could be someone else. Think of how nice it is to know that that person is always there for you. That no matter how big your mistakes, that person will still take you in, will still fix you a sandwich, will still give you a hug. The challenge of Christian discipleship is to begin to imagine that God is like that person even more so. That because of Jesus, we always have access to that security and that peace in every storm that life brings our way. Amen.